Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. But I got a special guest on the line with me, man. I met this young man at the Rotunda last week um, talking about some important, some important issues was going on in Israel and um, Ukraine. And it was just a lot of conversation going on. But this conversation specifically stuck out to me. You know, Ashaka Buna, he's on the line with us right now from the Human Rights Corps. Coalition, and we're talking about how environmental justice intersects with prisons. Good morning. How you feeling today? I'm doing great, POC, and thank you for having me. Uh, it's a blessing to be on Eco Word. No doubt, man. I'm excited again. Like I, we were saying off air, I'm excited to have you on um, on the show because the work that you're doing with the Human Rights Coalition is like it's amazing. You know what I mean? And what needs to be uh, heard is definitely something that I want to make sure that our listeners are listening to. So when it comes down to just simply what you do before we get into the whole environmental justice conversation, talk to us a little bit about the Human Rights Coalition. Well, you know, I'm the executive director of the Human Rights Coalition. I'm also the co-founder of the Human Rights Coalition. We were founded over 20 years ago in in the year 2001. And uh, we started off as a group of individuals that was incarcerated. And we got our families to get involved. We got our communities get involved in it. And, and the whole thing about it was to give incarcerated people a voice, you know what I'm saying, to also uh, advocate for human rights, for incarcerated people. And one of those things is environmental justice. And as you just said, you know, human rights and uh, the criminal justice system and environmental justice, they all intersect because a lot of people know that in the past, when they was first building prisons and even the modern prisons, right? A lot of these prisons was built with asbestos. A lot of these prisons were uh, built on toxic land. And continue to and continue to do so, right? And so uh, a lot of these prisons are placed right near refineries. So we have a lot of uh, a lot of bad health. You know, a lot of like respiratory illnesses occurring, a lot of cancer occurring, and it's just something that people need to be aware of, and something that we're trying to change. No doubt. And I love that you brought up the word, you know, intersection, because when I talk about how social justice issues and environmental justice issues really go hand in hand and how one washes the other hand, a lot of people want to, you know, give some blowback and a lot of people agree. So I want to specifically ask you because you agree, you know, when you talk about the intersection of human rights, social justice, environmental justice, why does it intersect for you? Well, it intersects for me because one, I I have personally experienced um the environmental justice within the prison system. You know, I myself had went to prison as a young juvenile and I spent most of my life in prison. And, uh, but I dedicated to my life to making a change for those inside and for our peoples on the streets. And so, but one of the things that, uh, I was subjected to while in prison was, uh, bad air quality, you know, because of the refineries that they had. We had to bring, breathe in this smoke. I had, was, do, you was, mind, do you mind mentioning what prison you was at just so we can actually put some context? Oh, well, I, I've been in, I've been in, in, in Pennsylvania, uh, Department of Corrections. I've been in almost half, at least half of them. Most of them were the maximum security prisons. I was not allowed to be in the minimum security prisoners. So prisons like Greatest for Huntington, Huntington, uh, Rockview, Fayette, uh, Pittsburgh Penitentiary. 
you know, some of those prisons, those are the, some of the prisons I've been to, as well as Monahoy and Housedale, you know, so, you know. And you these, would say these are the, the ones that you're naming. These are the ones where you would say are next to these refineries and next to these or bringing these certain issues as far as resp- respiratory issues or, you know, anything as far as going all the way down the line as far as cancer. Yeah. Some of these prisons have some of these prisons, not all of them are built around uh, refineries and stuff. For example, SEI Monohoy is actually uh, built in between two refineries. You can see them no more than about 100 yards in either direction. And so people are breathing in these toxic fumes and stuff. So that's one example. Uh, Another example is was uh, SEI Greatest Four, what we call Greatest Four Penitentiary, when when it was open, right? It was had a lot of asbestos in it. It had a lot of black mold in it and had bad water table quality, right? And so when you go to on the other side of the state in Fayette County in, in LaBelle, PA, where SEI Fayette is built at, right, which is about 30 minutes away from Pittsburgh, right? Uh, that particular prison was built on a toxic, uh, coal fly, um, wow. lane, right? So it's this, this land is actually what they call a super fun site in environmental justice. So hmm. this land should, nothing should have never been built on it because it, it had toxic coal fly ash on there. It was built on there. Uh, it's still toxic coal fly ash adjacent to it on the property. They was dumping there for a long time and continued to do so. And people there are suffering from cancers and respiratory illnesses. And so I myself was at SEI Monohoy. I was at all of them, Greatest Ford. I was at uh, Rockview, which suffers from all of it, right? And I was at Fayette. And, you know, so I got subjected to all of that. And I suffered from respiratory. I wound up developing sinus infections and throat infections that persist to this day. Hmm. And let me ask you this question, right? When you, when you, when you go down the list, the list of things that can actually happen to a human being from being inside of these or incarcerated inside of these facilities. So we're talking about like, uh, physical harm that can be placed on these human beings. When you talk about the conversation inside, what are people testimonies? Like what are people talking about as you, you know, um, doing your work with the human rights coalition? What, what are, what are people talking about inside? Well, inside, um, you know, people are talking about struggling against this, right? So there has always been a movement for as long as I can think of over decades of incarcerated people challenging uh, the conditions of their confinement, right? Mm-hmm. So they, w- if a person was to do any investigation into the Department of Corrections uh, grievance procedure, they will find tons of grievances from incarcerated people complaining about bad water, uh, black mold, asbestos, uh, toxic fumes in the air, right? If they would, do- would you say would you say this is something that's affecting both women and men? It's affecting everyone. It's affecting even the guards that's incarcerated because okay. they have to live in this environment too. The, the, the guards that are working in these prisons. You said the guards that right. are incarcerated. I hope the guards not incarcerated. <laughs> no, no, I got your back, bro. I'm that way. <laughs> but yes, yes, the guards that work there, the, car, the uh, correctional officers that work there, right? Even they are subjected to it, you know? So even they have made complaints. But even more so, like if a person would do... Uh, a legal research, right, on on civil cases that have been filed by incarcerated men and women, you will find a whole bunch of cases, right, where people are 
complaining. They are filing civil complaints for for uh, damages that have occurred to them. They 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 putting forth a civil right violation. Right. And they also showing an injury that was made to them. And they also seeking damages. And those damages, a lot of times are they're asking for a change right within that system, within that prison. And it and it goes unheard. Pardon me. Uh, it goes unnoticed and unaddressed. Mm-hmm. And, and so let that's me ask the, you. Go ahead. The, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, because when we think about people who are incarcerated, we always advocate for like um, rec time. We always advocate for more greener spaces. We want places for them to go outside and get that fresh air. Uh, and I want to ask you, like, is this a question or a conversation that should be at the bottom of our concerns? Because there's so much more going on inside the prison. So when we advocate for people to get fresh air and get this rec time and, and have better green spaces, are we worried about the wrong thing? And the reason why I'm asking is because you are on the front line, you know, advocating for these prisoners who are inside. Um are we worried about the wrong things as far as fighting for the environmental justice, as far as green spaces inside these prisons? Because well, that's, that's one of the main arguments right now is fighting for more rec time with, with better green spaces so people can get outside more or want to go outside more. All right. So I think both issues are important. But if I was to place one above the other, I would definitely place the the concerns that I'm talking about above the other because these concerns uh, also intersects with healthcare, right? And incarcerated people don't really have healthcare. If you think the healthcare that we have out here in society is bad, just imagine what it is in prison. It's, it's practically nil, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and they are forced to pay for whatever they want and they don't have money as it is to pay for. It. So if you're going through a lot of this, if you're drinking this bad water, uh, if you're breathing this toxic fumes, if you inhaling the asbestos and the black mold on a every on an everyday basis for for years and sometimes decades, but you but you have to be released at some point in time back into society. Yeah. This is uh, affecting a person's health. So a person may come inside a prison 100 percent healthy, but then leave prisons 20 percent healthy. Right. And he may have to it, it, while incarcerated, he may have to get. Uh, treatment, medical treatment, medical care that is not provided to him. And then the, his illness or whatever, uh, increases, right? Mm-hmm. To the point of death, they will let you die in prison. So in my opinion, this is definitely a primary concern above the green spaces because we're talking about life and death situations. We're talking about someone's health, right? As opposed to, uh, the green spaces and someone have an ability to, to, to move about, to stretch their legs, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? To exercise, you know, uh, and not be so restricted and confined to a, a small area. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's more important in my, in my view. Right. From, from my experience. And I think a lot of people incarcerated will, will say the same, but mm-hmm. I will give credence to those those green spaces or whatever. But I think when we're dealing with certain issues that's uh, dealing with incarcerated people, there is a, a, a hierarchy, right? There is a, a primary concern, one, two, three, four, and on down the line. Okay. So, and I think that's what it is. 
Oh, for those who just tuned in, um, again, each and every Friday, starting at 10 a.m., you can tap into your girl POC live on Eco Word. And right now we're tapping in with our first guest of the day, Shaka Buna, who's actually the executive director at the Human Rights Coalition here in the city of Philadelphia, man. And we're talking about how environmental justice and prisons actually intersect. You know, I really uh, am somebody who highlights social social justice issues. And I think this is a really good topic. So if you want to be a part of this conversation, don't forget everything we do is a FUBU effect, give us a call 215-634-8065, toll free 1-866-361-0900. We definitely want to hear from you, especially on topics like this. If you are someone who has ever been affected by this or some, you know someone who's currently being affected by this, we want to hear your stories live on EcoWord. It is now 15 minutes past the top of the hour. We're about to go to a quick commercial break in about a couple minutes, but Shakabuna, I want to ask you another question, specifically around policy, right? We, we, um, we talk about you know the issues we, we we can get to a solution with this, but how can we get to a solution surrounding policies and getting our elected officials involved? I feel like this is on a, a state level more than a local level, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so let me say this. Um, this can easily be done through policy. Mm-hmm. The problem is the the administration of the, the, the Department of Pennsylvania Department of Correction will not make that policy change unless we force them to do so. They are in the mindset of what we've been doing, been working and we don't need to change nothing and we're not going to change nothing. Mm -hmm. So if y'all want us to change, y'all have to make us change. So therefore, we have started the uh, In Toxic Prisons campaign within Pennsylvania and it started SCI Fayette by incarcerated people and the HRC has actually adopted that uh, decade, about a, over a decade or more ago. And can, you so, break that, can you break that acronym down, the HRC? What does that mean for people? Yeah, HRC is an acronym for Human Rights Coalition, our organization. And so we adopted that that particular uh, environmental justice uh, cause, right, to end toxic prisons in, in, in throughout Pennsylvania. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're educating people on the inside, you know, about uh, these issues and we're trying to connect them to resources uh, whereas though they can try to affect change from within while working with us so we can help affect change with without. And that that looks like uh, they sending their families and friends and whoever else they know to the Human Rights Coalition so we can organize out here in the communities to get with these legislatures to put pressure on the DOC, but also to establish, to create a bill that would provide us environmental justice in the context of human rights for all people. Mm-hmm. Now, the second part of what you said, whether it's more a state issue than a county issue, uh, I would def- definitely disagree. It's both. Okay. It's both. So when you look on county, look, you, when, when you look in Philadelphia uh, Department of Prisons, right? our county system or state role, we have, what, four or five prisons, right? All of those prisons are being subjected to environmental justice issues. Remember, just last year, we had to truck in, uh, they had to truck in water because our our school killed river was contaminated. Yeah. You know, they had that big contamination, right, from the uh, chemical leak within the Del- within our rivers. I believe it was the Delaware and school, school kill river, right? And so they had yep. truck in tons of water, right? And so, but 
it still persists to the day. Not necessarily that chemical spill, that issue, but the issue of the, the bad air quality in there, the asbestos that's in there, you know, and, 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 and as well as the, the water quality and stuff. So they dealing with it in different counties around the, uh, around Pennsylvania. Uh, but they also dealing with it on a state level. So if we ever get to pass some type of legislation, it would definitely have to cover uh, state and county. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to ask two last questions before we go on this commercial break. But one I want to ask, the first question I want to ask is, how can people sign this petition to end toxic, toxic prison, prisons in the state of Pennsylvania? Well, we don't have a petition, right, per okay. se, that they can su- sign, but they can always get with uh, www.hrs hrcoalition.com and contact us through there and or they can email us at uh hr uh coalition pardon me info at hrcoalition.org and so if they get with us right you know we will connect them with our movement and other coalition members that we're dealing with to you know bring about this change and stuff no doubt. And if you don't mind me asking, you can you can, you know, say you don't want to answer the question. But why why don't you have a position so you can see how many numbers and zip codes and people who are actually, you know, supporting you all on this mission? Uh, because I, basically we didn't even really get to that that part right there, because our main focus has been on, you know, linking up with other organizations, building a coalition first. Okay. Right. When you have okay. a coalition of organizations, you're not by yourself. For example, we have a national coalition that we hooked up with called Emerald Cities Collaborative, which is based out of uh, Portland, Oregon, I believe. And so they are our national partners. We also have other partners. Right. And so we're, we're doing that. Then we're going inside. We're connecting with inside. We're, we're still working on that and creating a curriculum for them. And we're also going to be correcting the um, creating a curriculum for people out in, in society. Right. Then after that then we can start doing the petition. So it's basically like we're lining up our ducks, getting our, our ducks in order before we move, because we're not even on a, we're not even on a, a, a ready for creating a legislative bill yet. You see what I'm saying? So everything is a step, you know, it's a, it's a process. I get you. And my last question, I want to ask you, Shakabuna, again, I appreciate you coming through WRD, blessing us on EcoWord, giving us that news and information that a bunch of us may, may not even knew was happening in the state of Pennsylvania. And we definitely want to um, encourage you to come back on the show to continue to give us updates on what's going on. Um, but my last question I want to ask you is about the challenges that you may face, you know, as an activist, someone who's activated in these streets of Philadelphia and in the state of Pennsylvania to help these incarcerated folks. You know, what is one of the biggest challenges that you face and the pushback that you face by actually going into these uh, facilities? Well, that's one of the pushbacks right there, actually going into those facilities. So the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections, uh, normally they they push back. They don't want us to come in these facilities. They don't want us to talk to the incarcerated people. They don't even want uh, legislatures, you know, state senators and state representatives to go up in there, right? But they, they still do but they always put up obstacles. So that's one thing. Another thing is just uh, politicians themselves, right? So we're dealing with Harrisburg, the, uh, the the legislature up in there, you know, which is now within the House. We have the, we have the Democrats being the majority, uh, but in the Senate, it's still, a, uh, it's still uh, the Republicans, the majority. Oh, yeah. um, so, but the problem is, is that uh, it's hard to get them all to agree on something. So we can have, a bipartisan bipartisan bill, 
that put forth that's neither Republican or Democratic type of issue, but and and they will still fight against it. They will still play politics with it. And so this this type of politicking between these two parties have our Pennsylvania state legislature, in my opinion, in a uh, in a logjam, right? Mm. So we can hardly get anything done. And so, uh, and then when you do, it's a lot of horse trading going along. So that's that's another problem. And the, and I would say the third problem is uh, getting a lot of of the incarcerated people and their families involved. That's a Herculean task as well. So, um, and some people just want to go in there and do they, no, I was going to say some people just want to go in there and do their time. They want, they don't want to get involved in a lot of other, you know, outside interviews. Like, yo, bro, I'm just here to do my time. Well, you, you have some that's like that, but I think majority of them want, want, want change because they, they talk about it all the time. Some of them even take steps toward that. The problem is, is retaliation. So Mm. when they go and make these claims, like if, let's say they had a prison like Rockview, and they go and start making claims about uh, how the roof is caving in over their heads, how it's flooding all into the um, all onto the blocks, how they got bad water, how they living in a cell that has asbestos and black mold that's visible, right? And you're trying to change it. How they have showers for 500 people to take showers, and all of it got black mold in it. We're breathing this stuff in, right? When they go and try to, you know, tell the administration uh, about this and ask them to change, guess what? They get retaliated against. They yeah. get tra- they get thrown in solitary confinement. They may even get uh, placed in a position where they wind up catching new criminal charges and get more time than what they already have to do. So these are you know things to look at, and and so people you know they're you know they're frozen by this uh, uh, this retaliation. No doubt. And Shakabuna, I want to definitely invite you back for part two so we can, you know, really talk about that that last part that you just mentioned, the the way that these humans are living in the in this so-called environment of, you know, <laughs> these prison cells and these this, these facilities all across the state of Pennsylvania. I think that there's more that we can highlight and really talk yeah. about, especially with the work that you're doing with the Human Rights Coalition. Um, again, tell the people how they can find you all, website, social media, all that good stuff before we let you go this evening. This morning. Before before I do that, let me say one last thing, because this is very important because you just you just said something right that people need to know. You talked about you just spoke spoke about the overall conditions of these prisons. Right. Uh, People do not know that just in Rockview alone, there have been 20 suicides in the course of two months, 20 suicides. Across the entire Pennsylvania Department of Corrections of Prisons, which I believe is around about 24 prisons now, there have there have been even more. I I don't know the exact number, but it's been so many suicides. It's crazy that I'm getting calls from incarcerated people telling me about this. And the reason why is they still have them under like these covid like restrictions where they turned the entire DOC into a solitary confinement uh, uh, system. Right. And solitary confinement causes mental illness after yeah. 15 days. They've been going through it for over three years now. So that's mm-hmm. what I like to say. Uh, you can reach me at um, my Instagram is Shakabuna Marshall. You can, you know, Instagram me right there or you can log on to um, HRC, uh, pardon me, HRCoalition.com or info at HRCoalition.org, which is our email. And, you know, and I look forward to, 
you know, getting in touch with anybody, anybody that want to, you, you know, want to have justice for their folks and want to make Do sure the they work. home healthy, get with me. No Thank doubt. You. Don't hit him up unless you're ready to do the work, man. As you can hear, this man yeah. is passionate about the work that he's doing. So we don't got time for the games, man. That's you already right. know what time it is. It's your girl, POC. Keep your radios locked. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 